Welcome to Boston's Best, a podcast where you go behind the scenes with financial planner Mark Condon as he asks industry-leading experts in and around Boston to talk about their businesses. Mark will find out what sets these companies apart from their competition and how they have risen above the inevitable challenges they have faced along the way to their ultimate success. And now, here's your host, Mark Condon. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to episode 67 of Boston's Best. The goal of this podcast is to highlight businesses in and around Boston. My guest on today's podcast is Kathleen Dollar. Kathleen is the owner of Holistic by Kathleen. That's W-H-O-L-E-istic. It's a play on words to remind yourself to always be whole, to be complete with everything in life. And also, eating real whole foods is great for your body. Holistic by Kathleen was born right before COVID started, and it's taken off since. She works with clients all over the world on their overall wellness, including nutrition, lifestyle, and mindset. Kathleen tells us that her journey started in her late teens with an eating disorder that she would eventually get herself out of. She teaches her clients how to pay attention to what your body is telling you it needs. Kathleen impacts her clients in so many ways, but there is one client that has had a huge impact on her. He's a gentleman that has lost a total of 170 pounds and reversed his type 2 diabetes. I didn't even know you could do that. In this episode, we talk in depth about the full scope of services she provides for her clients and that she focuses on creating a genuine connection with her clients because business is all about relationships. She gives us a great example of a common misconception about her industry, and she has big plans for an eventual physical location. And be sure to listen to the end as Kathleen shares the advice she'd give to anyone looking to start their own business, what she would tell her 18-year-old self, and how she defines success in any given year. And so with that introduction, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Boston's Best. Good morning. This week, we have Kathleen Goller. Kathleen is the owner of Holistic by Kathleen. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm great. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we've, so we've known each other, I want to say, a handful of years now, probably five, six, seven years. I think it was the, like the 4th of July weekend. Like We've known yeah. each other for a handful of, handful of years now. Yeah, I think we met on a, a fun weekend, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All those, all those guys up there that, that weekend. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about yourself before we get into holistic are you from around are you from mass are you from around here yeah i'm from franklin mass um you know i moved out to western mass for a chunk of time and now i'm back in franklin um skirting out my next move once the market kind of calms down but been through all sorts of different th- i've always been someone who's had many different jobs and really liked you know exploring different things um seeing what i can learn in different kinds of positions and jobs and, and Z, but my real passion is helping people. And, um, you know, I got here through my own personal struggles, which I think a lot of people kind of find their passion through their own, you know, journey and what they really feel like helped them that they can, you know, give to others and show others. So that's kind of how I came about what I'm doing now, but I work from home. Everything's on zoom now, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, so you, you know, interact with people all over the country. Amazing. That's awesome. That's awesome. So how long ago did you open up Holistic by Kathleen? How many years has it been? So I, you know, got presented with a job as funny as this is the day that I graduated from the Nutritional Therapy Association, um, came back home. My roommate was a head coach at CrossFit Tilt and uh, offered me a position there where I could work with all the members in multiple of their gyms. And that's kind of how I got started, which was an amazing, you know, launching pad. I got to, you know, I got clients. I 
got experience. I got to work with a ton of people. And then right before COVID hit, I decided to go out on my own. And that was because I really wanted to do the work on a deeper level than I felt like I was able to do through a CrossFit gym. So I've been on my own now for, I guess that makes it a year and a half or a little bit more. Like COVID years just feel like they didn't really happen. Uh, so it's been awesome. It's been a great learning experience. Um, and I wouldn't trade it for anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I mean CrossFit Tilt's a pretty it's a pretty sizable name here in Mass. Like it's a pretty it's got a it's good got good leverage from it. So I how long were you working there for before I guess COVID hit and you decided to go on your out on your own? It would have been probably a year, almost a year and a half there where I went on my own. But yeah, it was it was awesome. I still have clients from there today, which is <laughs> fun. Yeah. That's awesome. Cause I mean, you've already you've always had this entrepreneurial spirit. Like if I remember right, you had something else with like food or something years ago, I think when we first met, right? So the development of my business kind of um, flowed through the development of my own recovery um, with my journey through an eating disorder and that sort of thing. So I kind of found out I had a gluten allergy and started this gluten-free baking company before you know things came out as like gluten-free here, there, and everywhere. Um, so that was super cool. And then it turned into like meal prep sort of business. <laughs> and then one coaching through Tilt, and then you know when I'm on coaching on my own. So it's I love actually that journey of like, this is how we just kind of keep growing and evolving. And I definitely have, you know, plans in the future that are a little bit different than what we're doing now too. So I love that. It's just kind of like going with the flow of life, pivoting, changing, growing. Yeah. So. I mean, that's pretty cool though. Cause I, I was, I remember you starting something years ago and I remember seeing it on there and then I remember seeing you coaching and this is obviously all through social media. And then I remember seeing holistic by Kathleen. I'm like, this girl just does everything. Like she's just always starting like, her own things. Like, and that's kind of what happens with life, right? Like COVID changed a lot of things for a lot of people. A lot of people had to pivot. And st- I've, I have had a few, a handful of guests on Boston's best who've started their own company just because they got laid off and furloughed due to COVID and they're like, screw it. Like now's the time to do it. So it's just kind of cool seeing like you've, you've evolved over the last handful of years that I've known you to, you know, your own successful business up to this point. So the moment was COVID, right? That pretty much sparked the Holistic by Kathleen movement. Yeah. Like I said, I kind of went on my own just before that happened, but that actually allowed me to go virtual because I used to, when I was working through Tilt, I would meet people at the gym and in that area. And so once COVID hit, I could put everything on Zoom and that really opened the door for me um, time-wise. Like I got my time back from traveling. Um, again, like I said, I have clients all over of clients in Bermuda. I had one, you know, in the military in Afghanistan, um, one in England. So it's really kind of opened the door to be able to expand and work from home or work anywhere. So that's been a blessing in disguise. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, I, I gotta admit, I love the Zoom world. I can get too too addicted, I think, because I can never I never shut it off when I'm at the house. But I used to work directly in the city. So like a half hour in the morning. But an hour on the way home, I mean, I'm saving, what's that, seven and a half hours a week just from driving, right? So like I can dedicate, there's really no excuse to not go to the gym in the morning, right? I have an hour and a half that I got back literally every single day just from the driving aspect. So I love the efficiency that the Zoom world can bring. And you know, you can you have clients, like you just said, you have clients like all over, all over the country, basically, not just like in the New England or just in the States, like you have them everywhere. So it it's a, a huge benefit for for a lot of reasons. I know, obviously, Holistic by Kathleen. Kathleen's your name. But give us the the meaning behind holistic. You spell it a little differently than the how people would assume you spell holistic. 
Yeah. I love this question because I, I don't get it very often. And I feel like <laughs> it's, it's a cool one to explain. So um, like I said, briefly, I kind of skated over this, but I struggled with an eating disorder for a long period of time. And my journey through recovery is really but what brought me to doing what I do now, which is holistic by Catholic. Um, and I can get into that a little bit deeper. But the word whole is something that my mom always used for me. She said, you know, I really want you to feel whole and to be whole because through that struggle in my life, it was like I could never fully be myself. I could never fully be present. I could never fully, you know, participate in things, whether it was, you know, it was mostly me holding myself back and, and struggling through this internal shit that was going on. But um, that was really like through my mom, like that word whole kept coming up and coming up and coming up. So obviously what I do is holistic based, um, but I really wanted to use the word whole in that word. So that's why I spell it that way. Okay. So it's W-H-O-L-E and then istic, I-S-T-S-T, holistic by Kathleen. Yeah. Yep. That's awesome. Okay. And I didn't know that. I, I had assumed it was something with the play on the words of like whole foods and that type of aspect, but I guess that kind of ties into it too. It does. Yeah. I can kind of get into that if you want to now. But what I really focus on too with people is that whole picture of like, it's not just about nutrition and what you're putting into your mouth, which I think a lot of people get stuck on like, I'm working with a nutritionist or someone that does nutritional therapy. And they think like, we're just going to focus on what you're eating, how much you're eating, what time you're eating or, or those sorts of things. Um, but really my focus is the big picture. And what does your life look like? What's your job? Like what is what sort of activity do you do? What is your stress levels? How do you manage stress? How do you manage your time? Um, where is that balance in your life? And then sort of connecting the person back in with listening to their body. So a lot of times we caught up in the do, do, do that we haven't even like for one second stopped to like catch our breath, be present and say like, how is my body feeling right now? Like, yeah. how can I support my body? What do I need right now? We just kind of go with like what our brain us, tells us like, oh, I just passed a Starbucks. I need a coffee. Oh, I just passed this place. I need this. Like, um, <laughs> uh, and that sort of stuff. So my focus is really on, you know, helping people come back into their bodies to, to be more present and aware of how their body is feeling because our bodies will tell us a lot of times what we need. Sometimes we have to go backtrack a little bit and, and fix some issues internally before we can actually you know, get the signals that are leading to exactly what we need versus okay. just signals telling us something, 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 and we don't know what that is. And then also like empowering people, like the, the more you get to know your body and your needs, the easier it's going to be through to flow through the ebbs and flows of life, this change and that change without feeling overwhelmed or like you can't control it or handle it. Interesting. Now that's, can you, so can you give us an example of, cause I have a lot of thoughts on this myself. Can you give us an example of your body, like giving you a signal of something you need, or maybe like that, you know, immediately when it's giving you that signal or something that you have to like peel back and like dive, like dig a little deeper to understand what your body's trying to tell you. A, a great one that I, I think a lot of people ignore is, is our digestive symptoms. So like gas, bloating, indigestion. I feel like everyone at some point has like, oh, I feel bloated. Oh, I feel gassy. Oh, I just feel like my stomach is bothering me. So what does that mean? You know, for a lot of people, they're like, oh, it's just normal. My, my body always feels this way after I eat this, or my body always feels this way during this time of the day. But those symptoms aren't normal. That's a sign that your digestive system isn't working properly. Um, okay. A lot of times, correlated to a low stomach acid. Um, you actually need a lot of stomach acid and you need a very low acidity 
in order to start this the system of digestion from the stomach down. So that's a, a big one. Um, another one that a lot of people experience is feeling fatigued, needing to have a snack, a coffee, or a nap. So a lot of times, especially in America, um, we run into blood sugar issues. So people that are kind of on this roller coaster of like, I have a coffee, I have a donut, and I get all this energy, and then I crash, right? And when I crash, my body is like telling me I need something else. I need food, I need coffee, I need to sit down for a minute, something in order to get your blood sugar back up to where you can function again, you have energy again. So that one, again, not normal, not how humans should feel all the time. It's mostly a sign of blood sugar dysregulation. And, you know, that could be correlated to other things too, because there's a couple organs that are involved in that system. So it could be not working well or all three of them. But that is sort of something that, you know, you see all the time and people just brush it off as it's normal. I have to eat all throughout the day. I have to take a nap. I have to have six coffees, but definitely not normal. Yeah. So personally, I... So my wife and I would always have like, we got protein, we got a carb, we got veggies, like every single night, like we have, we'd have a ton of veggies for me, like the gas and the bloating piece, like just put myself on the spot here on on the podcast. But like, like it was, it was like ridiculous. Like every single time I, so I cut out the veggies just as trying to see like what, what the difference would be like brand new person, like nothing ever happened. I have no issues whatsoever. Is that common? Is that just like me? Like, is there another reason why you think like that was the case? Like, it seems weird because you, you're brought up saying, oh, you got to eat your veggies. And like, for me, it was just causing me issues. Like, is there something else to it? Or is it just as strict as as simple as like, it was the veggies? Yeah, this could go in multiple directions. Okay. There's multiple to this, but you know, a common one is plants have a plant protection mechanisms. So plants can't move, right? Mm-hmm. So in order for a plant to survive, it needs to build its own defenses, which are usually called phyto. Well, they have phytonutrients. They also have anti-nutrients. They're not hugely digestible to mammals. And that's the defense mechanism of the plant. So that when we eat it, we get a little bit more of like gut issues, a little bit more gas, a little bit more bloating. And that's kind of to deter us from eating more of those actually. And so when you take out those plants, I mean, this, again, it could be other things, but this is just one scenario. When you take out those plants, you're taking out those, those anti-nutrients that are causing a little bit of digestive harm and irritation. So now you don't have those anymore. You don't get the gas floating indigestion because now you don't have anything really aggravating your system. You could also be sensitive to them. You could also maybe not have hundred percent great digestion and you could have a harder time breaking down those plant foods because they have more fiber in X, Y, and Z. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, no, that's super helpful. Cause I mean, I don't think I noticed it up until it was probably about a year ago where like, we really just started to notice it. Like, this is like, Andrea would look at me. It's like, Mark, this is ridiculous. Like you need to get your, you need to get your shit together and figure this out. So I was just trying to figure it out. And it's just, I, I that's what I did. I ended up just cutting out that portion of it and everything's been fine, but I never knew if it was like, there was like a bigger factor to it. Or, I don't know. It's just interesting. And I think over yeah. the last handful of years, I've become a lot more in tune with my body. And you brought, you know, brought this up as a whole, like, and it's like the entire sense of it. Um, You know, I'm 37 now, I'm getting a little bit older. Uh, One thing that's helped me a ton is like, I go to yoga a ton. And like, it's kept my body like super loose, like it's heated yoga at lifetime, like you and I've, you've, you know, you've been to lifetime in Metro West, like, 
heated yogurt, like I leave there and I feel amazing. And it's just like, I've noticed my body respond to that way better than I would have expected. Maybe it's just because I've gotten older and the things like body parts are getting tighter. I don't really know, but it's just different now than when I was say 25. Yeah. And yoga is such a great thing to do because I do yoga too, not often. Like I wish I could do more often, but the studio I like is actually in, um, in Needham and it's HYP or HIP, they call it. Um, but anyways, it, it just, it brings you into your body so much and you really feel through all those movements, those stretches and all those things that it really helps a lot of people become more in tune with their bodies because you're having that, you know, intentional time of practice where you're like, oh, this is how my body feels if I just go a little bit further here or a little bit further there. And we don't like, even in, you know, you've done CrossFit, I've done CrossFit, we've done all sorts of different athletic activities but that one in particular, it's like, oh, my body can move in this way and I can improve the movement of my body in this way. But we don't really practice. Like if we didn't go to yoga, we would not do half of those movements ever. Sure. <laughs> so I love that. Yeah, no, ever. I never did anything prior to that. Like we did it the first time and I was like, wow, like I feel I was shocked at how good I felt. And a buddy of mine told me he was doing it like three days a week. And he's like, it changed. he's like, I think he's like early forties and he's like, it's been awesome. I was like, all right, we'll give it a shot. And, uh, I love it. It's something we've done like routinely now. So let's get into like the full suite of services that you provide your clients. I understand no two clients are the same. So some may focus on one aspect. Some may focus on another aspect. What are the full suite of services that you provide with holistic by Kathleen? Yeah. So I mostly focus on one-on-one clients. I've done some group things in the past and I love the it. So I'm working on building something that I'll go into in a second with that. But I find that one-on-one is the most effective form of, of working with another person because you can really dig into exactly what that person needs. And so when I talk to clients for the first time, I tell them all, you know, everyone gets something a little bit different. It's hard for me to list exactly what you're going to get because, you know, some people have a little bit of a harder time with the behavioral aspect of, you know, food, eating, life, um, managing their stress and stuff like that. And so we have to go into more, you know, mindset work, meditation, other tools we can use to change those behaviors that are leading to us not taking care of our bodies well. Whereas other people, you know, they might be athletes that are, you know, not in tune with their body because they're just so used to go, 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 go that they don't ever, again, stop, check in and actually really nourish their bodies the way that they need to. So those people might need a little bit different service. The list goes on and on to people who have, you know, severe GI issues and that sort of stuff with people that do have a lot of, you know, history of GI issues or pretty extreme stuff going on now. um, I do offer a GI test and I offer um, a food sensitivity test that are two of the best on the market. So that comes with an analysis, a protocol to kind of heal and repair the dysfunction um, and dysbiosis that's going on in their system. Those are additional services um, to my one-on-one clients. And I try to really do like the the holistic route first. Like, let's see what we can uh, cover just by working intuitively. And if we continuously run into roadblocks, that usually means we have to do a little deeper dive into exactly what's going on in their microbiome and exactly how we can support that. In addition to that, I do love to do like seminars and stuff like that. It's something that obviously kind of went away through COVID. Yeah. No one was together, but uh, a couple of people and I love to do things together. So we're working on getting those back into the, the regular flow of things. And then, you know, it's funny, I've been trying to create a course, an online course 
for a long period of time. And I keep running into this, like not super passionate about it kind of thing. Like I want to put it out there. I know it'll help, but I also am like, eh, I feel like it's not as personal as I enjoy, you know, working well and I see the product. So uh, a good friend and I, who um, he's graduating with his master's in clinical nutrition soon, we're working on creating and forming a retreat center. People can come to to learn and kind of grow together. Oh no way! Uh, yeah, it's you know I recently just went to a yoga retreat with you know thirty strangers. I went with no one that I knew, and those are the things that I look for because it just brings you back to kind of like stripping away all of your differences and really coming together for this one purpose. Mm-hmm. And that's really to, you know, get vulnerable, to, to work through your trauma, to grow, to understand other people are also going a lot of the same things, just in different ways. Mm-hmm. And I find that that community, like that in-person community aspect is so much more beneficial for healing. So we really want too. We're looking for a piece of land, have these big ideas. It's going to happen. Um, we just got to, we just got to put it all together, but that's really our goal is an in-person like wellness and retreat center where you can come for particular services, like perhaps yoga. Um, we want to teach people to grow their own food, how to live sustainably and that sort of stuff. So I think it'll be a really cool thing that we have going on in the future. Wow. That's really cool. Yeah. Normally I'd ask at some point, like, what do you see for the future of of holistic by Kathleen. It sounds like you're beginning to make some moves for that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's really cool. So yeah, because that in-person aspect is like as much as I love Zoom, don't get me wrong. Like personally, I had a client meeting in person yesterday and it was just it was just so different than it like it has been with this individual for the last like six months that we've been working together. Uh there's just something about that in-person connection that people get. Um so I it it definitely still makes sense. Uh, I'm still a fan of the uh of the Zoom world and the virtual world just for efficiency wise, efficiency wise but the, there's nothing that can compare to the in-person piece, you know, yeah. just trying to connect with somebody over the phone or Zoom. Yeah, for sure. So tell us about some like early early successes that you had, you know, when you started Holistic by Kathleen and some of the early challenges that you that you faced when, you know, you decided to start your own company. I guess my my early successes are sort of ongoing successes, but what I've really been appreciative of this business is you know, the clients that I've worked with that have really, you know, dove into the work and showed up and, you know, put a hundred percent in and got really amazing results. Not that all didn't, but you know, the ones who go hundred percent, those people have been the root of the growth of my, my business. Um, I am terrible at marketing and advertising and I, you know, I worked in sales and like I became the head of the company not by trying to sell, but by just connecting with people. And like, you know, that's kind of what I've learned about sales is like, I don't want to, I don't want to chase you. I don't want to try to sell you this product or this service, but people come to me based on, you know, my past clients and their experiences that they've heard from them. And so I think that's been a huge part of my growth is really just my clients who have gotten great success, talking to their friends, talking to their family, sending people my way. And you know, it's kind of given me a reason to not have to market or advertise so well. But at the same time, it's just so nice to see that, like, you know, you put this out there and then it comes back to you kind of um, in the same sense. I would say that would definitely be one of those things. 
And then challenges, you know, not having a business background. Yeah. <laughs> it's a huge challenge. Like I said, my parents are entrepreneurs, but they're also super busy. So I, you know, haven't really picked up a ton from them in terms of just like the bookkeeping and yeah. the numbers. And I really need to meet with a financial advisor. And so we should probably about that and that sort of stuff. So I would say my biggest hurdle is really you know, I should be keeping track of things better. I should have quarterly goals. I should probably, you know, have all those ducks in a row. And I'm still learning that a year and a half in. So that part of the business, that's like the not as fun part of the business though. You know what I mean? Like you're like in what you said about the the successes, like I've said this to a ton of people over the last couple of years, like people think you're in sales, like you're in the relationship business, like relationships lead to sales. So like, if you're just going to knock on somebody's door and try to sell them something, it's not going to happen. But if you have an actual relationship with, with people and they know you're just a genuine person, th- like people are going to work with people that they know, like, and trust, right? So like, if they, they know you, they like you, they trust you, and they don't know anybody else in your field and they want advice, like they're going to go to you just because like you've created that type of relationship and you're a genuine person. So I can relate a lot on the on the success piece with the relationship versus sales. Cause I just think that they go hand in hand typically, you know, it's not easy starting your own business. Like, are you, are you, are you very much a regimented person? Like, are you like a type a, like what's your, what's your personality type when it comes to that stuff? This is a funny one. I had a, like a, a business consultation with another nutritional therapy practitioner a, a little bit earlier in the year. And we talked about like, we're, we're both like, you know, type A and can be OCD, like, or like to be organized, but also like rebel personality type, which makes life just like wicked difficult. I work really well for other people. Like if I am working for you, I want to impress you. I want you to think I'm the best at my job. I want to go above and beyond. But then I'm working for myself now. And like, hey, like some days totally on track. Some days like, well, I want to go for a walk with the dogs instead. And I get to schedule my own time so I can do that. So I've definitely, you know, it's been a a constant evolution of finding balance with that and also myself. I definitely am a, a scheduler and a planner. So how I like to set up my weeks, um, I, because I do also have other jobs, is I kind of go with like the things that are non-negotiable, right? Like my meetings with clients, my scheduled work time at the other workplaces, like those are non-negotiable. They can't move change or any of those sorts of things for the most part. And then I have, you know, my time, which is also non-negotiable. Like, like you go to the gym every morning, I have to block off a certain time of my schedule that I have for myself to work out. And then I have that flexible time. So I'll put like a list of things that I really want to get done this week. um, And the amount of time I want to spend doing them and I'll, I'll loosely kind of put them in or put them in on like a priority level. So like start here and work down, but those are movable. So like if I end up with a little bit of extra time here, I can start working on that. If I end up not having enough time here, I can, I can move it around. So something I actually learned through a coach that was helping me at the time of like, you can't have everything be so regimented because things are always going to change. Yeah. So you have to have some level of flexibility. So that's kind of how I... I move, I schedule and try to stay on track. Yeah. It's not easy. Like I, it's funny. Like before I got into the industry I'm in now, like I, I mean, never use the calendar. Like I, I just now everything is in the calendar. Like Andrea and I have like a date night, like we throw it in there. So like, we don't forget because like, it's just, which I think is kind of pathetic and sad in one way, but like you can just get so caught up in the day to day that you just want to like, you want to make sure it's there. So like, and you have it planned out. So if something does come up, it's like, nope, 
sorry, like this is like it's not really so like we would forget, but it's just so like no one, nothing gets scheduled over it accidentally, or you you know you say yes to something that you uh, without thinking through first, and like same yeah. like I I got I have the gym blocked off in my calendar and. I'm up early. Like I'm at the gym 4.30 to 5.30 usually yeah. uh, every morning. And it's just like, it's in there. So like it, the reminder goes off and I just know, all right, this is what I'm doing because I got 17 things going on between, you know, my full-time job running like the podcast, like another business that I own that it's just like, if it's not in there, like my mind's in 17 places at once that I'm never going to be able to just focus on like the one thing at a time. And like, I, there was a book I read last year called The One Thing. And it's, uh, I forget what the name of it, but it's a phenomenal book. Like, it's basically like, what is the one thing you need to do today to make like today a productive day? Um, and then it's just like, same with the week and the month and the year. So it's pretty cool. It helps you like just compartmentalize everything you have going on. So um, I have that book. <laughs> oh, do you? Yeah. It's been a while since I read it though. Like I see that all the time. Like I have all these books, but I can't exactly remember like, uh, what was the point in this book again? I think that they're good to kind of go back through every once in a while. Yeah. I, I read it early last year and it's probably time to read it again. I got a handful of books that I think are just phenomenal that I'll read more than once. Cause they actually like, that was a really good book. That was impactful. Yeah. You know, this day and age, I feel like there's a ton of companies in the nutrition and the fitness world. You know, people can say they're they're a professional, they're certified, like, give us a little background on that. Like, uh, and like what makes yourself different versus, you know, somebody that's just, you know, you see all these like online, especially with social media these days, right? Like you see all these online, like nutritionists and coaches, like, why do you think you've been so successful up to this point? And what kind of like separates you, I guess? Yeah. I mean, for starters, I've worked with a lot of those companies and uh, an Olympic weightlifter, I had to lose weight to compete, like all this sort of stuff. And so I've tried you know, multiple different things, which I won't name them because it's not important, but, you know, every time I went in sort of looking at like, what are they offering and what would, what would, I, what do I wish they would offer instead, or in addition to the service that they're offering now, I think a lot of, especially like athlete nutrition companies focus on macros to be completely honest. Um, you know, I've done macros and I've also not done macros and, I get way better results when I'm just more in tune with what my body needs and making sure that, you know, I'm feeding myself, like yeah. feed yourself when you're hungry, <laughs> as long as that isn't coming from a lack of sleep or X, Y, or Z, you know, like yeah. learning those for yourself. And they also don't really tap into your lifestyle, your relationships, you know, the other things you, you have a baby coming, like all these <laughs> things are impactful for your life. Like that's a mm -hmm. huge thing. Like that, maybe you're not stressed out about it, but you're stressed out about it. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and so I think that again, just that whole big picture, like looking at every aspect of their life and not being afraid to, you know, have conversations that aren't even nutrition based. Like, you know, I've had conversations with people just about their trauma and just about, you know, what they've gone through. And, and those sort of deeper connections are really what, again, builds that, that trust and allows them, it allows them to grow. And, you know, I've worked with people for long periods of times and, and they've started to open up to me at like the fourth, fifth, sixth month. Sometimes it's at that sixth month when they really open up that we can, we can push through a new level of success for them. People don't want to hold what to do, want to know why we're doing the things we're doing. So instead of me just saying, here's the way you should eat, go do that. It's like, hey, this is what we're going to do. This is how your body functions. This is how we're supporting the function of your body. And this is how we, you know, should be feeling coming out of it. If we're not feeling that way, we got to look into these other things. But it's it's getting them involved with the process 
and really helping them understand what's going on in their body. So every time you come back to feeling this way, you can be like, oh, I know why I feel this way. It's because all I've been eating is carbs for a week and my blood sugar is way off, but I also know how to fix that. So it's like, it's constantly giving them tools based on what they need and what they're going through that they can pick from and use as they need. So when they stop working with me, they have this toolbox to choose from and they know like when this happens, this is what's going on in my body and this is how I can support it. So it's this constant, like, you know, you're giving them the tools they need to succeed for the rest of their lives. And I think that's a little bit different than being like, this is what you should do now for, for no real reason. Like this is your goal. This is what, what, how how much you should eat and when you should eat it. Like that kind of surface level to me. Okay. No, I like it. It's a lot more in depth uh, for yourself than it is for, you know, uh, the people you see on social media sometimes. So is there a particular client that I, I obviously you have a huge impact on everyone you work with? Is there a particular client that's had a kind of a deeper impact on yourself? You know, I have one client that I used to work with um, when I did sales and, you know, very, very, very overweight when, when I met him and he joked with me one day and he said, one day you're going to save my life. And I was like, let me know when you're ready. I only worked in that job for about six months. I left. Um, I didn't like the instability of sales and commission. But anyways, about a year and a half later, he reached out to me and he said, I'm ready to change my life and I need your help. And he has transformed 110%. Like we've reversed his diabetes. He's lost 170 pounds, maybe more than that. Wow. Um, you know, CrossFit loves across the community, loves running, ran a half marathon. He's changed careers a couple times because every time it's like, you know, this, this sort of toxic environment isn't helping me. He goes to another job and, and, you know, he's, he's figuring that part out for himself. He really wants to help other people. He wants to be a motivational speaker. He wants people to really understand that they can change their lives too. Um, and he's obviously like one of my greatest friends now, like he was here for Thanksgiving because he wasn't uh-huh. able to to travel to see his um, family, you know, we, we talk almost every day. <laughs> uh, in a sense, like he had an eating disorder too. And so we relate to so many things together. And it's, uh, you know, when it comes to food and eating disorders, like, I, I do think it's a lot different than an addiction to alcohol or addiction to drugs, because you don't need drugs or alcohol to survive, but you need food to survive. So it becomes an everyday thing that you have to deal with. And an everyday, multiple time a day thing that you have to deal with. And so I think the the recovery process for someone who's, you know, struggle with an eating disorder is is kind of forever. Maybe maybe I'll feel differently about that in 10 more years, but that's that's how I still feel about it. Wow. <laughs> it's still something that, you know, from time to time really kind of like pins you in a corner is like, are you sure you don't want to do this again? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think that, you know, his journey has really just begun even though he's made such progress. Um, and he's really trying to tap into really the the behavioral sides and you know, I know I know a lot about his history and his trauma and his past and we still have a lot of things that we need to kind of get a little bit deeper into and work into, but it's just, you know, to continue to show up every day and say, even though I didn't do great today, I'm still here. I want to do better. is just such an awesome thing to see. That's amazing. So a couple of things. So 170 pounds, that's fantastic. And then I want to go back a little bit. You had said you, you reversed his diabetes. Yeah. How, how, like through nutrition, like, how do you, like, how do you reverse diabetes. Like I I was aware you could do that. I don't know any of the mechanics, obviously, because I'm not a professional, but like give us an example or like the process to go through that. 
Yeah. So first off, type one diabetes and type two are different. Um, So this is in the context of type two diabetes, which is really a lifestyle issue. When you have dysregulated blood sugar continuously for a long period of time, what happens is your body will start becoming insulin resistant. It'll have a hard time, you know, utilizing insulin to take the sugar out of your blood and, and it has energy. So that's really how type two diabetes happens. So really to reverse it, honestly, really easy. I mean, I wish more people knew this. It's really easy to do is balance your blood sugar again and keep it there for a period of time (laughs) and your blood sugar will continue to go down and go down and go down. And then we can also simultaneously, you know, support the organs that are, you know, your pancreas, your adrenals, your liver, which are your blood sugar regulating organs. And over time, it'll just go away. No shit. Like that. Yeah. Wow. I, I, I didn't like, I didn't know. So, and what, what is people like, if people don't know this, what do they typically do? Like, it's just like an insulin shot, isn't it? They, um, so type one usually gets, um, insulin because okay. they're, they aren't producing it. Um, but type two, they put them on a medication that lowers their blood sugar. Um, so it's, it's again, a band-aid approach. We're going right. to not fix your lifestyle really, but we're going to give you this medication mm-hmm. that will lower it. So it's really just, you know, reversing from the root of the problem. Then they, they eventually, they don't need any sort of medication. There are people that they have medications that make them more prone to type two diabetes and make it harder for their blood sugar to come down. But that's a whole nother can of worms. Yeah. No kidding. So you can't just take, yeah, like you said, like it's kind of just a band aid. Like you can't just take the the medic that medication band aid approach just to fix an entire lifestyle. Like you actually have to improve your lifestyle to have right. like mind blowing to me. It seems so simple, but you actually need to live a healthy lifestyle to be healthy. Yeah, but that's the hard work. Right? Yeah, that's yeah. responsibility and control of your actions. Head, you know, like that's hard. Yeah. Everybody hard. wants the easy way out these days. Okay, cool. No, that's really interesting to know. Uh, so are there any like myths or misconceptions when it comes to your industry, when it, whether it's nutrition, fitness, you know, holistic approach to anything? Oh, yeah. Um, you can keep the list short. Okay. I'll keep it <laughs> short. I just figured out a way how to. Yes. The, you know, I think the misconception comes when people are not feeling and they go to the doctor. You know, the doctors, people who are doctors are amazing. They go to school for a long time. They learn a lot of stuff and they're extremely helpful. But what they don't get a ton of education on is exactly what I chose to do, which is learn about the function of the body and what nutrients support things and how these systems are working Mm -hmm. so we can really act to the root cause. They really, you know, sadly, this is how our medical system is set up. They learn to, you know, diagnose and prescribe, which Mm -hmm. which becomes the Band-Aid approach because you can't just fix one thing in the body without it affecting everything else. Right. Our body works one unit. So if you want to take out an organ, your body's going to be like, well, what the hell do I do now without that organ? The, the misconception is that because I'm not a doctor, I don't know how the body works. Well, that's, that's what I went to school for. That's why I chose the program that I went through because this, like, this is the, the, what I went through myself. Like I worked with a naturopathic doctor. So he took that and he went to the next level. I'm not sure that I want to have that financial burden to do that, <laughs> but he, he can, he can prescribe. I can recommend. So that's the difference, really, but we're doing the same types of things of supporting the body from the inside out, finding the root cause, peeling back the layers to see what is causing this problem to occur or these problems to occur and going from there. And so, you know, we get a lot of shit um, because 
you know, people are like, you're not a doctor. You don't have any, you know, right to this, to that. It's like, well, I'm not, I'm not diagnosing anyone. They come in with their diagnosis and we talk about what they're diagnosed with. We talk about what they're prescribed with. We talk about what they want to do with their bodies and, and how I can help support their bodies in those processes. It's not um, a prescription. It's a recommendation. It's, this is how I've learned the body functions. This is how I'm going to show you what I've learned and you can do what you want with it. And a lot of times too, we work with their doctor. Um, you know, there are people that come to me wanting to get off medications. And so I can help rejuvenate those functions of their bodies so that they can, but they have to do so in talking to their doctors. Mm -hmm. So we're not two separate worlds. (laughs) We're working together, but I'm just, I have more time for the client to listen and piece this stuff together and kind of support them in a different way than a doctor can. Right. Yeah, because I mean, typically, like if you go to your, your doctor, like, you know, you'll you'll check in, you'll see the nurse, they'll ask you the questions, the doctor will come in and probably be there for like five minutes. Like, you know, they're pretty they're pretty much in and out. They, they take what the, you know, the nurse information, the nurse gave them, they ask you a couple of follow ups, then it's usually a prescription from there. And you know, then they're on to the next. So the the deeper relationship that you offer, I can definitely see the benefits out of that, especially if you're working like if you're working in conjunction with what the doctor is prescribing, you know, getting both sides of it can you know, be overall beneficial. Uh, this may sound like an odd question, but outside of being physically or mentally incapable of working, do you ever pick yourself 100% retiring or do you think you always have your hand in something? I don't think I could ever be retired. I have a hard time vacationing. Like I always have my little clients scheduled throughout vacation, but yeah, no, I think that I think giving back and helping others is just something that I love doing. Um, you know, if I could charge people $0, I would do that. So, you know, eventually if I'm in a great financial place, I'd love to just, you know, host things for people and have be like, come and show up and see what you can learn and get out of this. So, yeah, I, I think I'll continue to, you know, try to bring as much to others as possible for as long as I can. Yeah. No, I feel the same way. I don't think I'll ever a hundred percent retire, but yeah, I think I always have my hand in something. So outside of, I know you work a lot and you just said you take, you know, client calls and meetings like during vacation, but like outside of when you're working, what are some of the the hobbies you enjoy doing? Like any places that you've visited that you've loved or you've always wanted to go to? Yeah. Um, so I still do Olympic weightlifting at home in my garage now. It's awesome. I get to work out. Um, I am obsessed with my two dogs. So <laughs> we do a lot of stuff together. We love to go explore all sorts of places. Um, but I just love, I love traveling and I love being outside. So I just went to Utah recently and it was incredible. We went skiing out there, hiking, that sort of stuff. Uh, my best friend and her husband, uh, live in Lake Tahoe, um, and one of my other good friends as well. So I try to, I go out there probably once a year and visit them. And, uh, this year I'll go out for the winter and get to ski out there and do the, the winter stuff. But yeah, I mean, really, it's just like seeing the world. I mean, there's so many beautiful places out there. And I think that nature is so healing and restorative. And like, if you can actually just sit there, you know, without your phone, without the distractions and really just take it all in, that actually, for me, is what feels most like home. It's like getting rid of all the other stuff that's going on and just being there, like with yourself in nature as a part of nature, because we are, and and just taking it in, being present. Um, I feel like a lot of times we don't get to be present. And I think that nature has this way of, of helping us kind of get back to the present moment. So yeah. No, I, I agree. Like even when I take my dog for a walk and he's at my feet right now, every morning 
like I finally just stopped bringing my phone with me. Like it's like six o'clock in the morning. Like what the hell do I need my phone for? You know what I mean? Like I finally, I, now I just leave it in the house. It's probably probably like a 20, 25 minute loop around the neighborhood. And it's just, it's, it's amazing. Just like not staring, like scrolling for no reason while I'm walking my dog. Like it's actually just nice just to just take in the fresh air and walk around the neighborhood without being distracted. Because I mean, it, you know, you, we can go on a whole other tangent about social media and the impact that has, but like people are just addicted to their phones now. And you just like, all you're doing is scrolling and every, you just inundated. So just being out and just experiencing, like being in the moment has just been huge. The last I'd say, I'd say it's probably been like three weeks that I've done that. And it's just like, it's awesome. Yeah, for sure. Last few questions uh, before we wrap it up. Uh, what advice would you give to someone who's looking to start their own business? I would um, definitely say to reach out or connect with people who are doing what you want to do. Like I, I learned through watching and kind of seeing other people do things. And then if you got, kind of go into it, maybe experience it or really kind of like, like <laughs> I want to have a farm when I'm older um, with animals and, and plants and all that kind of stuff. And so, you know, the woman that I get my meat from, like, I've asked, like, can I just come and help out on your farm one day? Like, I want to see what it's like and experience what a day yeah. is like doing this thing to see if I really want to do it. <laughs> All the stuff I get to go, uh, I work for a family and I, I'm basically in charge of everyone, the kids, the dog, the house for the, the rest of the week. And so I feel like for me, that's like going to be a new experience of like, <laughs> all right, do you really want to be a mom? Like, this is what it's going to be like. You're going to run yeah. around and do all these things. I'm sure the answer is yes. But like, <laughs> it just like, I think trying to get those experiences, if you can, whether it's volunteering, internship, or just being able to have conversations with people who are doing what you think you might want to do. Mm -hmm. Yep. No, I think that's great. Great advice. If you could tell your 18 year old self one thing, what would you tell her? So at 18, I was like, really struggling with life. <laughs> that's like, <laughs> Probably like 16 to 18 is when uh, you know, my eating disorder started. Okay. And so, you know, I, I got so deep into the the cycle of that, that I, I didn't know if I was going to ever, you know, come out of it and, and be able to live life fully. And so I would definitely tell my 18 year old self that, you know, you will come out of this and you'll be able to use the hardship and the pain and, and all of this experience to do better for other people and for yourself in the world. That's awesome. No, I think that, I think that's great. So last question, Kathleen, everyone has a varying depiction of what success looks like to them. So how do you define success? I feel like success is, you know, I think about work, right? How much time of our lives you spend working, right? Mm -hmm. It's a huge of your life. And I talk about this with everyone. Like if you're going to do something for so much of your one life, uh, you better damn sure make sure it's something you love doing yep. and that you've meaning and purpose in it. And so I define success as, you know, being able to do what I love, you know, on a full-time basis and feel comfortable, you know, with my financial standing and being able to, you know, just enjoy life without having to really worry about sort of like having to have more of this or better, just kind of like being able to feel comfortable doing what I love. So doing this full time and then also not having to like feel like I'm in a hole. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I didn't mention this before, but I've always been really well off and personally because I've always loved to work and always loved to do multiple jobs. But I ran into, uh, I bought a house with an ex and it left me and really bad financial situation. Oh, wow. so, you know, for me, success would be like being financially 
happy and comfortable again. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. I think, no, I think that's a phenomenal answer. Kathleen, thank you for coming on Boston's Best. Really appreciate it for Holistic by Kathleen. Once everything, once this comes out, we'll be sure to promote the hell out of this. I think you're doing good work. So I appreciate the time. Thank you so much, Mark. It's been awesome. I'll talk to you soon. Hey, everyone. I just wanted to say thank you for checking out my podcast. I really do appreciate the love I've received for this show. I believe now more than ever, any exposure to local businesses is great for them to receive. And I'm trying to do my part. If you are a local business owner or someone you know in the Boston area that would like to be featured on the podcast, please email me at bostonsbestpodcast at gmail.com. Also, if you enjoyed this episode, please follow this podcast. It's available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. You can also find us on Instagram with the handle at Boston's Best underscore podcast, as well as Facebook at facebook.com backslash Boston's Best podcast. Again, I truly appreciate the great feedback for this show and stay tuned for each new episode every Friday at 8 a.m. Take care.